in the NFL. I have a dream of making it in the NFL. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams. I'm into nightmares. That's right, y'all. We bring it to you again. Episode number six. Let's go, Raider Nation. We ain't into dreams, we the nightmares. Oakland Raiders be the squad and we right here. Mad Max, yeah, that boy having a night share. Derek still clutch, he been doing it for five years, yeah. Yes, sir. Episode number six coming at you right now, live on Twitch. Brought to you by the Back Row Network. How y'all doing? It's been a while. We got a guest today. We got a guest today. Pyro Mo. Created and hosted Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast. Former, formerly a writer for Pyromaniacs and the Fantasy Addict. Currently hosting the Oak Island Podcast. We'll be talking about everything. Everything Raiders. And then some. We're going to treat it as business as usual. Like always. Stay positive. We're going to have a football season. Let's pretend. Let's pretend. We're going to talk some fancy today. Buckle up, y'all. Hey. So, welcome, 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 everybody. You guys make yourself comfortable. Get your questions ready. We're about to dig into a little bit of everything Raiders. And we go dig around into the fantasy aspect of the Raiders and production. We got a special guest here today. Like I mentioned in the intro, Fantasy Mo. You have the floor for a second. Introduce yourself. Tell, let everybody know what they got in store today. Yeah, uh, FF Mo's. That is my Twitter handle. That's where I spout off about any and all things fantasy. I uh, used to work for Pyromaniac. For those of you in the fantasy industry, we had great art. We were rocking and rolling for several years. Since then, we've all sort of uh, gone our own way. Um, but I certainly got my fantasy feet wet on the airwaves with the Pyro Light podcast. Did, I think, 70 shows, and most shows were interviews. I mean, I certainly had my fantasy take, but most shows were interviews with other people in the industry. I mean, you know, Matthew Barry, J.J. Zacharyson, uh, Sigmund Bloom, you know, anybody and everybody. One of our favorites, who I know you like as well, Dave T. Thomas, uh, scouting legend. So I got to talk to all these guys throughout the industry. I still talk to a lot of them. Uh, Josh Moore, the owner of 4 for 4, is actually my neighbor for <laughs> quite a spell. Um, so I got to have a few beers with him and talk fantasy and uh, just living, eating, breathing fantasy and got my fingers crossed for the 2020 season. Great, great, great. Uh, I hope D-Rex is doing cool. Houdini and Stags and everybody is doing well. Please send send the love over here from the Network One. I enjoyed listening for many years. I've, I've played fantasy for so long, I've only bought one draft kit, and it was from you guys. So, And I did extremely well that season, and the learning process is just as rewarding as fun as playing, in it, as playing so long. Yeah, they're all doing well. I still talk to D-Rex quite regularly. Uh, Houdini got himself engaged, and he's slowly transitioning. Although, I, I just saw a, what was it, a Twitter post from him, maybe a Facebook post from him about his 10 most influential sports figures that he's ever seen live. And he was talking about Barry Sanders, which, you know, myself as a Lions fan, 
uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, you know, Billy Sims, Barry Sanders. Uh, I was just looking, and I've got some high hopes. I know we're, we're mo- mainly talking Raiders, but I, I've got some high hopes for the Lions. Do you know it has been almost 20 years since we've had a running back that scored double-digit touchdowns uh, since 2000, James Stewart, I believe. So there is certainly hope for Mr. Swift this year in Motown. Okay, okay, okay. I like it. I, I would love to. I got a couple of questions. We got some rankings out over at the Fantasy Fuel Podcast um, website, and I do have some 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 a notable rise of Kenny Galladay. We're gonna um, pump the brakes just a little bit because I, we're gonna say I don't know how much time you got, but I got a lot of time, and I would like to cover a lot of things. But we kind of owe it to the Raider Nations to give them the the scoop on the Raiders. We there's not a lot of news going on. We haven't been able to put out a lot of content. And I like to start first with your opinion of um, Derek Carr. Um, I, he hasn't been a top 24 quarterback, and I don't know how long in fantasy. Um, his stats, um, he was a 70% passer, kept his interceptions down, was only sacked 19 times, but he um, couldn't seem to put it together. The Raiders had a tough go on defense, and that never spells for a, a good time. What are your opinions on um, Carr? Oh, Carr, strictly speaking, fantasy, I've always done a late-round quarterback approach. You know, that's hashtag J.J. Zacharyson, late-round QB. He's going in best ball, which I'm doing right now, and I know a lot of folks are doing. And if you haven't done, it's a great way to prep for the season because you got actual money in. You don't have to decide week to week who's going to start, but it's all about drafting, right? So he's going – back of the you know 18th 19th round right now there's a lot of other guys i think i would much rather have than Derek carr uh i will say his probably his offensive line is going to be uh the best it's ever been uh since he's been there perhaps or, or that's what they're hoping i saw uh football guys you know sigmund bloom and the like gave five Offensive lines, an overall rating of A plus, and the Raiders uh, were the top of the list. So I, I think that bodes well. Now for fantasy, though, I, I don't know if it's a Gruden issue, uh, where the fault lies. That they're just a slower team. You know, on average, only two teams played at a slower rate than Oakland, and negative game script. You know, when you expect a team to be passing, that is when they're basically trailing by, you know, a touchdown. There's only one team slower. So Gruden, I think, is going to be the sticking point. I think Carr can do it. They've certainly given him some weapons to do it. And it's going to be a make or break year. I by no means am a Carr truther. Although I think if ever he was to plan a flag, it's got to be this year with right, some right. of the offensive weapons they got around him. I mean, Darren Waller is just fantastic. I picked him up off waivers last year. The guy struggled for a long time, but uh, he's a nice safety net for him. They got some wide receivers, running backs, depending on where you qualify them, classify them in the draft. So they've got some potential. I am a little worried about the pace of play from Gruden and Carr uh, taking it a little easy. You know, I'm not necessarily a Marietta truther either, 
but uh, he's certainly going to be breathing down his neck. So I think Carr is going to have a short leash this year. Yeah, I think um, I'm glad you mentioned that about pace and you you, you spoke about that. I dug, I dug into it a little bit and the Raiders ran 981 plays. There was only five, six other teams that ran fewer. And listen to the names of the teams that ran fewer plays than the Raiders. Redskins, Pittsburgh, Jets, Bengals, um, Broncos, and Cleveland. Those are the only teams that ran fewer plays than the Raiders. And for fantasy, there's not a lot of fantasy goo on those teams. And in fantasy, it's all about opportunity, right? I mean, I want as many plays as possible for my guys to score. I want as many rushing attempts as possible. I want as many red zone attempts as possible. I want plays. And if you're playing at the rate that Gruden seems to like, he's kind of a guy that, uh, much like Patricia, it seems to be stuck in uh, an older sense of the NFL, not really uh, on board with the direction the NFL is going. It worked for a long time. That's what he knows. But I really think they're going to have to kick it in gear. They've got some talent. They've got cars surrounded. Right. I just don't know if they're ready to. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I noticed um, I've been hearing some grumblings. Um, I, I believe in Quar. I, I don't believe I, I, I could see him in 2018 being sacked 51 times because the offensive line had so many injuries. Um, but last year they only had um, 19. That's a, a, a big cutback on the sacks. The interceptions dropped as well. But I would if I was Gruden, I would be like, OK, take that. I think we threw 12 interceptions. I said, guess what? You can give me 16. Take a little bit more chances. Stop being so... Um, you're obviously getting more protection, about twice as much protection. Um, don't be such a check down, Charlie. But the um, Gruden has also mentioned, or I've heard something, they want to run more two tight end, three tight end sets. Um, does, does that say something good for fantasy production? No. Um, you know, you, 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 can you guys hear him? He's talking now. You, sh you guys should be able to hear him. Uh, Fantasy Mo is here, and we were just discussing how the radio, um, Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, productions uh, from plays, total plays, and speed of plays was very low last season, and they was in the bottom dwelling of um, plays ran. We were just getting into talking about how the Raiders expect to run more uh, three times tight end sets and two tight end sets and we were just getting into what does that mean for fantasy well i you know you guys are raider nation out there so maybe you've got a better take as to how i mean don't get me wrong foster moreau had a, a nice looking start to his season uh we're talking dad joke himself jason witten joining at what i believe is 38 years of age and then of course darren waller i mean waller is by far uh, one of my favorites on the raiders i picked him up uh last year off the waiver wire in a dynasty league when we were doing our rookie draft no one had even had him i mean if you know his history he struggled with some addiction issues uh was basically bounced out of the league and then kind of had a I don't know what you call it. Yeah, come to Jesus moment, uh, a moment of, you know, maybe hitting rock bottom a little bit and realized now is his time. And I think he proved it because the guy is amazing. If you want to look at some stats, I've got a ton about Waller, 
Now, I think maybe Gruden is doing this because he just doesn't know what he's got. They spent a lot of draft picks trying to pump up their offense. I am a little worried that the mindset of Gruden is old school and he is going to look to put Witten on the field and his contract looks as though he's going to be spending some time on the field, which might eat into Darren Waller a little bit, but I just don't have faith in Foster Moreau or Witten to push Waller to the side because he is just, I mean, you know, there's maybe five to six tight ends i got maybe i think i have six in my top two tiers and there's a pretty big drop after that and so i don't know why you're gonna mess around with a guy like waller and eat into his time when you've got some real interesting wide receivers that are you know rookies untested that you know god loves this they love the speed out there in, in raider nation so you know guy like rugs they're gonna love them but there's a couple of guys I think that are interesting and I really think talent will prevail and, and Waller's going to be okay. 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 I, I noticed um, last season, the Raiders did not score, but maybe three touchdowns in third quarters. And that is atrocious. Um, there's no way to garner momentum coming out of halftime. There's not adjustments being made. And it just, just seems like they keep putting themselves in bad situations with a shoddy linebackers core, shoddy secondary. And to slow the game down, even more possibly with three tight end sets and two tight end sets. What I found funny is they ran more out of two tight end sets in the third quarter and they passed more out of three tight end sets um, um, sets with some success. It just did not lead to scores. Um, the right side of the offensive line was a lot more successful at running the ball, but um, um, what's his name? Josh Abrams. No, 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 no. Um, the running back for the Raiders got banged up with a shoulder at the end of the year and it's pretty much like talking about it was falling off the bone jonathan a um jacobs just jacobs excuse me <laughs> um Abrams, do you think he's what they're, they're safety they're, he's their safety he got he got injured too i got him on my dynasty IE, uh, idp and i'm looking forward to some good things off of him but um uh, you know we, we were talking a little bit to butt in here we were talking a little bit early on about pace of play and i just you know they've got to step it up like i said only two teams had a slower rate of play than oakland even when they were in a negative game script they were still ranked 31st and that's the time you know negative game script you gotta you gotta increase the the volume you gotta get going because you are down by seven points or more uh i don't i don't think gruden has really got that in his head yet but talk about you said they only scored three what touchdowns in the third Waller only scored three touchdowns last year. So talk about positive regression. He yeah, is yeah. due. I mean, this guy was second in total tight end yards, second in tight end targets, second in yards per target, second in yards after the catch at the tight end position, first in contested catch rate, yet only three touchdowns now i gotta believe with you know the, the additions that the, they got like three wide receivers in the draft depending on how you classify some of these boys they also picked up you know nelson aguilar i, I really think there's gonna that's gonna open it up for Ag, um for waller and he's bound to score more touchdowns 
Yeah, I, I think he's going to score more touchdowns. I don't think he's going to get as many targets and as many catches. But he could d very well easily score six touchdowns. He could double the three. Um, I'm surprised. I think you mentioned before we had our technical difficulties. Foster Monroe, you do not believe in him. He is not a red zone monster. You have no faith in him growing. Well, I think he will grow. I, I don't think he's, for a fantasy perspective, I'm not worried about drafting Waller inside my top five tight ends because of Foster Moreau or certainly right. not because of Witten. That's right, not right. making me sweat at all. I think that's going to be, if anything, I think that might keep some defenses honest if they are, because those guys are going to be looking to, you know, their A dot average depth of target is going to be roughly the same. And so if anything, I think that might open it up for Waller a little bit more. I agree. I agree with that one. Who do you think is, um, let's talk about the shiny new Lamborghini that uh, the Raiders went and took um, with their, their first pick in the first round last year, took everybody by a little bit of surprise. Henry Ruggs. Um, do you got any, any more insights, details about the injury he got helping a friend move? I know you got connections and you're well connected. Do we know if what kind of incision he took to his leg? I don't know about the incision from what I've seen. I don't think it's worrisome as far as health when the season starts. That is, if everything goes uh, according to plan, as long as there aren't any setbacks. But you said the, the one thing there is, you know, everybody did a double take when they took him so early. Uh, for fantasy purposes, best ball, he's going about the 14th round best ball. Um, there's some attractive qualities there, right? I mean, hundredth percentile in his 40, you're in a 4.27, you know, the Raiders love speed, uh, looking at some other metrics, his speed score was in the 90th percentile. That means of 90, uh, 90% of other tight ends that have, uh, gone through that drill. He beats 90% of them it burst score 98%. So there's a lot of things to like. There are some negatives though. I mean, size. You know, the guy's 5'11", 188. Uh, only 17th percentile in college dominator rating. I mean, yeah, he had Jerry Judy there, but still there was there was a lack of production, I think, uh, in college. Now, for dynasty purposes, you know, in best ball, I'm, I'm not really drawn towards rugs at all in the fantasy world. But dynasty purposes, I've got him currently right now. I keep kind of flipping flip-flopping him but i've got him right now at my uh sixth best rookie wide receiver six best six best uh, i wonder who was our sixth best this last season because when i see rugs and everybody is quick to jump to and I, I, I look i think i looked for pound for pound john ross is bigger than henry rugs if i'm not mistaken and that's crazy to think yeah. about um but um henry rugs when i look at him under the microscope and people want to throw comparisons uh deshaun jackson henry uh i mean uh tyreek hill um they don't understand if the rookie season of Deshaun Jackson and Tyreek Hill did not come off the back the back of a kickoff returns and kicking game, we wouldn't, maybe not so Deshaun Jackson, because he had a hell of a rookie season. But Tyreek Hill, if you take his six or seven touchdowns in a kick return game, it would, it would be a meh. 
I don't see. I, I think it's an important area for, for the Raiders to put somebody back there that can um, move the chains and set up field position. But I don't think Henry Ruggs is going to get a slice of that pie, um, and that changes things. It, you know, he reminds me of Marquise Goodwin, uh, San Francisco uh, speed guy. He was also a, a track guy. But if anything, if I'm a Raiders fan or if I'm a fantasy football player, which, of course, I am, I know more fantasy than just straight up football, but he is going to draw his speed and defenses are going to have to play honestly where they don't want to get beat beat deep. That's going to stretch the field. That's going to pull defenders back. That might open up a little bit more for some of the tight ends we were talking about, some of that middle of the field action. They're going to have to play rugs because he is lightning quick. I mean, a 4.27, 40, right? I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to let him get behind you. So if anything, I think that is going to bolster guys running it more the middle of the field, maybe a slot guy like Renfro or one of my favorites, Brian Edwards. Uh, I think he's going to be a big surprise for people. So rugs, you know, they talk about uh, draft stock like where a guy was drafted and how much that moves a guy up in fantasy i think with rugs he he was overdrafted to be honest and i think that's going to be to the detriment of players taking him but if you look at other oakland players that's going to help other players as a team what do they say all uh all all tides or i forget the the uh, analogy there but uh, a tide raises all ships that way right, right. one person uh, is on the team who's going to do a little bit better he's going to make it better for everybody so i like the deep threat there i mean they had ty williams in the past and, and he's shown flashes but now they're going to really have to respect they're not going to be able to cram the box as much for for josh jacobs to my i do like he was not my favorite running back last year i took miles sanders first but it's still a, a solid back. And with that new uh, line, I think they're going to do, he's going to do really well, but rugs, he's attractive. He's flashy, but the best thing about him, I think it's going to open it up to the rest of the team. Right. Right. I, I, I agree with you on that one. I think um, he will have his value. I don't think it'll be, it'll be boomer bust weeks. And I don't think it'll be year one. Um, also with COVID and everything, there's no OTAs. Um, yep. They're not linking up. I just got a big, some kind of cut on my leg. And hopefully that within itself would be like one of those things that be like, Ooh, that was a close call. You know, now I, you know, I got, you know, can't be helping my friend move. <laughs> you know, I, I can get people to do that for me. I don't, I don't know. It's just like such a close call from what I I understand could have been a lot worse. What you said, though, with COVID, they're not going to be getting the regular time in camp that other players have had in the past. And I think that's going to affect the wide receiver, wide receiver position the most. I mean, in in fantasy, we know tight ends, they take a couple of years to really get into the system. Running backs we've seen can splash right away. But those wide receivers, they need that time to develop with a, a new quarterback in almost every situation. They need that time to learn the playbook. So I think a lot of the wide receivers are really being overdrafted. But I, I think there is something to be said for a fast wide receiver. Not that I necessarily want rugs, but I like the fact when I'm taking maybe a Brian Edwards fly around 20 or uh, Waller, as I said, he's my uh, tight end five. I think that's going to help those guys because they've got such a, a burner 
like rugs. Would you would you say it's a toss for you? You you speak highly of um, Edwards um, out of South Carolina. I seen I retweeted something you posted of a comparison to Debo Samuel's, which I found very interesting. Yeah. Looking at them both side by side through stats, you're not worried at any chance by the um, non Liz Frank injury <laughs> that he did not have. I think it was a, probably the same injury as Debo. No, uh, once again, everything I've seen, he is on track to uh, start the season to, to be just fine uh, when the season starts. But yeah, the, the foot injury itself, you know, he's a, he's a healthy guy, 6'3", 212 out of South Carolina. Um, I really don't think he, what he, he fractured his uh, fifth metatarsal, I think, and that was right before the combine. From all the things I've seen that he seems to be on point for starting without any, you know, loss of practice time without any regular uh, uh, meaningful setbacks. Yeah, I, I think um, he, he's so fits the most of me and I'm quick to say less like he'll, he'll fit that Michael Crabtree role. But it was interesting to see that he returned some kicks and his usage at South Carolina and how much he was able to um, contribute. Um, we Go ahead. Yeah, well, like it, it's quite amazing. I think he would have been drafted much higher had it not been for that injury i mean he left south carolina one year after debo and if you look at you know debo's freshman year and edwards freshman year he's basically edwards has him beat every year now debo had some injuries and that obviously plays into it but edwards if you just look at the numbers of his senior year versus debo's senior year edwards has better box score numbers and he even in the college itself, South Carolina, he's got the most consecutive games with the reception. I mean, he in SEC history, in SEC history, Edwards ranks third with 234 career receptions and fourth in the league with uh, three thousand, just a little over 3,000 uh, all-time yards or all-purpose yards. Okay, okay, okay. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I, I, I find myself with the with them not getting this these OTAs in and working on the timings yeah. and, and stuff. I see myself gravitating more to Hunter Renfro. He didn't get going to later on in the season, but I can see him adding, getting catching 60, 70 balls easily. He probably won't score a lot, but he can sneak in here and get six touchdowns. He, his floor is real decent. He's going undrafted in a lot of leagues right now and it's what is this almost july so adp means nothing to people i mean what it's going to be a month from now but how do you feel about Renfro? i think he's going to lead the raiders in receptions see one with adp i really i can't stress enough if you are playing fantasy to to dabble with some best ball because to me that is always one of the best ways i can fine tune my tears when you look at other people's ADP and where they're going a lot of times that's you know computer drafted it doesn't mean anything but when you're when you're playing against other people for money now and you can look at ADP rises and falls you really get a good idea where value is and I think you can get Edwards in the last round of your draft I mean take a flyer on him and that's when you want to score a guy because you know in most leagues if you're not playing best ball you can drop them if you are playing best ball it's a flyer what do you got to lose and too many people in best balls they, they take a, a safety play 
somebody that well they know they're going to get a little something but i'm not looking for a little something i'm either <laughs> wanting to win or i don't care it's either first or nothing so i'm going for guys like an edwards with my last pick that might might just be able to score you some big weeks now renfro talk about a tale of two halves i mean first eight games he got two red zone targets two targets inside the opponent's 20 the rest of the season after the first half first eight games he got 10 in the first eight games he saw four targets or less five different times the rest of the season he never saw a game with less than five targets so it was really a tale of two halves with renfro i mean even though they didn't use him in the first half, second on the team in red zone targets, just right behind Waller, uh, 67 targets. That was second on the team as well. Now the Raiders, they got 11, uh, 11% vacated targets. So if you take the total amount of targets they had last year, 11% are guys that have gone. They are no right. longer on the DeAndre team. Washington. So, that's the only person I can think of. He Was he 11%? Like, who else did they lose? They brought everybody back. I was looking for That's a good stat right there because uh, that's a good topic. Thank you. Yeah, uh, 4 for 4 does a great job. I think you can even get it for free with uh, vacated targets if you just type in vacated targets. They're at 11% of team targets. Um, offhand, I'm not sure exactly who else they lost necessarily, um, who they've gained. Obviously they've, they've got some guys in the draft, but, um, right, right, I, there's right. going to be a lot of space. I mean, they picked up who, what Witten, Aguilar, Nick O'Leary and Rod Smith. I mean, these guys are not going to be hogs taking away from him so Renfro he's got himself a nice little that second half of the season he's really got a, a nice little niche carved out for himself he's not necessarily a fantasy darling but if you look at I think a lot of people look at total season stats and that first half of the season really drags him down and uh, Sigmund Bloom you know one of my favorite analysts in all of fantasy one of my favorite people just a genuine good guy he always talks about breaking the season up into maybe even fours or eights to look it up as though it's not a season you want to look at it's really maybe the last four games or the last eight games that you want to look at and if you are doing that with renfro he is his second half is night and day from what it was uh, the, those first eight games. And I think he's very much on point to continue that relationship he's got with Carr and Gruden has more faith in him. And he's, you know, one of those guys that can really occupy and find space. He doesn't have a deep A dot, but right. he can get open and be a safety blanket for Carr. Yeah, I think the fact that COVID and everything and everybody being separated and them having that rapport, he's going to be like all over. He's going to he's going to be all over it. He's going to benefit. I was looking at the breakdown for Carr, and statistically speaking, last season he was uh, twenty two for thirty every game, and I looked at the targets each player um, skill position received each game on average, of course, and Waller averaged seven. Um, 
Williams averaged five, Renfro averaged five, Jacobs averaged two, and Rashard averaged three. That's 22 um, completions right there. I don't see a whole lot. That 11 percent is supposed to go to Ruggs, um, Edwards, and Bowden. What do do people? Is it a copycat league? And I think it's a mistake that the Raiders is making because it's like we got to try to keep up with Kansas City. We got to figure out to beat Kansas City two or three times a year, right? That's the goal. That's what I think they really are trying to do. But can't nobody play Kansas City game in my interpretation. You kind of want to slow them down if you want a chance. You don't want to shoot out with them. So um, 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 it being a copycat league, Lynn Bowden reminds me of the polar opposite of a, a Taysan Hill for the Saints. Somebody that's a joker yeah. said to be. Um, he's going to he's going to get on the field and have a chance to create in space along with Ruggs and Edwards. But uh, is that in total? We would. What would eleven percent if they all went to one of them? Now imagine sprinkling in if Gruden is is uses all his weapons, which I think he would like to. He's going to sprinkle that in and maybe get that up to twenty percent between between all of them, barring injury. They're all making yeah. a team. <laughs> you, you make a, a, an interesting comparison there. I think Bowden, you know, he he played all uh, wide receiver, running back, quarterback. Uh, at the college level and he could be a guy that you know in old school school days the wildcat position uh, we've seen what it can do down in New Orleans you know they've got a, a couple of interesting guys that I really am intrigued to see how Gruden does use them I am worried that Gruden won't use them to the best of their ability, like a guy like Bowden, because I think there's so much untapped potential there. We saw what he could do. Uh, you know, he's also going, you can get him for free in, in most drafts. But right. uh, after his first couple of years there at Kentucky, he really, you know, it was due to necessity. Some dudes got injured there, but we saw what he can do. Um, my gosh, uh, what he had 185 carries, uh, 1400 yards, 13 touchdowns was averaging almost eight yards a carry. And this is a guy that started his college career as a wide receiver, you know, um, he's going to be interesting depending on how he's used. And like you say, we're not going to really know how he's used because of the situation of the world right now. So a lot of these wide receivers, you got to, you got to be hesitant this year, especially on taking a, and also with about on taking a wide receiver, but you got to look, you know, guys like Antonio Gibson for the Redskins, he's the same kind of guy, but look at your league. There are some leagues that qualify both these guys as a running back. Some qualify them as a wide receiver. I would much prefer to draft a guy like Bowden or Antonio Gibson as a running back. Uh, many leagues i just looked in um best ball in my ff10 from fan ball they're they're qualifying them as a wide receiver i don't like that as much you know yeah, uh, yeah. however if they qualify as a running back now that's really attractive a sleeper bot has about qualifying as a running back and a wide receiver and i can see oh. i can see uh if he gets about 
eight pass attempts in this year. They're going to have to respect the quarterback position for possibly super flex. I, I, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves because I don't think the usage is unless he's electric, unless he's who's returning kicks. Is Once we figure that out, that might change my opinion on ranking. Edwards has shown some, has experience. Um, Bowden in situations, maybe punts. I don't, I, he, he's, he's really electric. He can create. I doubt Richard is going to be back there. I doubt Riggs is going to be back there, but they have a couple of options. But the person who wins that job, I think, is going to win um, Gruden's respect and, and just force their hand to try to get on the field more because um, they got players that are established now. Witness, they're, if they're going to play three tight end sets, that's another thing. If they're playing three tight end sets, is Ruggs going to be on the field? No, Williams, Renfro ain't going to be, you know, I can see Williams and Edwards. They're going big. You know, they, they, they want some some bodies. You know, you want your X and your Z. But if you're playing these formations to control clock or time of possession, that's not necessarily a rugs skill set. What do you what would you think about that? I mean, you know, right now, Roto-Wire has rugs as the wide receiver, too. You know, Renfro's coming in slot wide receiver three. You've got Edwards four. Heck, you've got Aguilar and Zay Jones at five and six. I mean, these guys were starting wide receivers, you know, just as recently as last year. You got Keelan Doss, who's back at seven, who, you know, we watched him on HBO. Gruden likes him. He's got some flashes. It's definitely a crowded field. And, you know, it it might come down to a guy like Renfro or a guy like Williams that has experience and chemistry with Carr because these other guys, whether they're rookies coming in or Zay Jones or Aguilar, who hasn't been there in the past, who have no chemistry with Carr, that's going to be a big leg up this year. I mean, it it has to be, you know, Uh, just getting that timing down. Uh, knowing what to do when uh, things break down. You know, that's why I think Renfro is a great guy. When things break down, he can find space and be a great security blanket. And, and be like a stitching of the quarterback. Like, you know that 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 guy that played quarterback and safety in high school turns out to be a better quarterback because he understands what's going on. I, I watch Renfro, and it seems like that quarterback knows his next step. Without, like, the eye contact and everything and learning, it, he makes it easy to throw him open. Um, he knows how to not take huge hits. It's, it's just, he's such a, a, a crafty safety blanket. I think of Amendola, Welker, Element yeah. even, about the skill set he has because if you look at him on hard knocks, you're like, wait, you play football? You know, but you're amazing. We got somebody that just reported in chat that Cam Newton is signed to the Patriots, but I believe they're trolling. I'm just going to put that out there because I'm pretty sure my phone would have fell apart, but we're having technical difficulties here. We are going to check that out. But if that is, if that is correct, we, I'm going to confirm that. We're going to move on a little bit. Oh, and, I, I got it here. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. Cam Newton finds a landing spot per Rotowire. Newton has agreed to terms on a one-year contract with the Patriots, as reported by Adam Schefter. Um, you know, Newton just turned 31, but I'm not sure why it took as long as it has. I mean, I know the guy's banged up. I know he's got some injury issues, but Lord knows there are some teams in the NFL that need some help, and I, that's Patriots with Bill Belichick, uh, they don't have a solid quarterback spot 
as of right now, I mean, certainly an untested guy. I think if Bill Belichick would have had his way, they would still have Garoppolo. He did not have his way. Robert Kraft did, clearly. And it's going to be some interesting debate come the fall as to who's going to be the better guy in new england but yeah that's uh some breaking news man. well yeah it is we didn't even have that in the footnotes I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up right now my guy because i have a uh, cam newton and lamar jackson in uh, dynasty uh empire league and i'm just i'm just I, i've held on to cam for how long and i was like should i just make a move and get another quarterback it's a one qb league but uh i think i gotta, the, I gotta tell the, you another thing on rotoware they've already got cam newton as quarterback one and instead of as quarterback two. Oh man oh oh my goodness that is that thank you teddy b assassin sorry for me to call you out and be like that it was a troll post i just couldn't believe it i thought you just you were just saying something right on appreciate you my guy um that is, is uh, my mind is blown that office i thought was going to be more of a because the defense can be schemed and it can it can force its script and for, force people to not use their talents and be as productive that they would like to be and i thought it was gonna be a grind out game you wouldn't want anybody on that fantasy team but if you put cam on that team you don't have to change that dynamic that much and the team can be more dynamic even if you take that same thing we're just gonna win with our defense i think cam can get it done what do you think well i, I think they've got some interesting players there. i mean julian edelman it's gonna be you know this is a big test year for the Patriots. can can bill wild bill do it without brady can julian edelman be the same kind of player he was without brady let's face it cam newton and tom brady are night and day different how they play this game and 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 julian edelman's feel for once that ball gets snapped what he's going to do but you got you know muhammad sanu who we saw him with atlanta for so long he might have struggled a little bit you know new england's a hard system to come in and learn he did better than most uh Nikhil Harry who I'm still still a bit of a Nikhil Harry truther he got banged up a little bit last year he was in dynasty he was the number one wide receiver draft pick and I I think in fantasy look at a guy like DJ Chark year one into what we saw last year you know it used to be the thing in fantasy the, the third year wide receiver breakout it can take some time for these receivers and i have not signed off on Nikhil harry i think he's a great pick right now in fantasy and then you got you know sony michelle you've got james white uh burkhead you've got some interesting players there not so much for the tight end spot but you add Cam Newton to that, and that's gonna get real interesting. I, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm sitting here because uh, you know, as being a Raider fan, the hate for the Patriots, and I'm a Dolphins fan as well, is so rich. And I think hate is a strong word, brother. And I was like, okay, so we're finally finna get it given to them. They finna fall off the, and then not that anything's guaranteed. Not that Cam is going to he can go in and be Tebow. Honestly, if we want to keep it a hundred, or he can go in here and de- I, I, he's he's a former MVP going to the Patriots. I just, I'm just, I don't know. I may be a little bit. I may need a minute. Well, <laughs> it, a he's minute. gonna he's gonna offer a dynamic that they haven't seen in New England, and mm-hmm. I am by no means a New England fan. But the way Cam approaches the game and the way defenses have to approach him 
is going to be night and day difference from what they've had there in the past. And we saw, you know, he's got that body that he, we saw him running for so long and he just took abuse and took abuse. And you kind of thought, Oh, this guy, he's just, he's going to make it. He's a, he's a tank. And last year we saw him really start to deteriorate. I have to believe in the talent though. I have to believe in everything we've seen up till this point give his body some rest, maybe give him a new situation in New England with a coach like Belichick, who's arguably certainly in the top five of all time. It's going to be an interesting play, and I think New England fans have to be happy with this turn of events. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I think I think we covered it. I know I'm just I, it's so much. It's, oh my goodness. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you, Teddy B. Assassin. Once again, I'm going to run down in. If you was drafting 12, 12 team league, let's just say it was two RBs, uh, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex. Um, could you see yourself? Who was you drafting first from the Raiders in uh, approximately what round? Who's your guy that you're drafting on the Raiders? Well, I guess it depends on where you are uh, in the draft, I suppose. Um, you know, certainly Waller, I, I've talked him up already a little bit that he is a safe tight end. And after that, the first six tight ends, I'm going to go ahead and toss Ingram in there. After the first six tight ends, there's a pretty precipitous drop that you have. So if you're not taking one of the top six, I think you got to wait. And there's some, there's some tight ends that I love. And I'm this year, I'm, I'm holding off on tight end. I'm going late round tight end this year. Cause once you hit round 10, 11, there are some goodies there. that gotcha. I like. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Besides Waller, uh, certainly you could make a case, I think for, um, you know, Josh Jacobs, although you got to pay a pretty price, usually third round, uh, to get a guy like that honestly f- perhaps the best bang for your buck honestly might be a guy like either it's got to be either Renfro or Brian Edwards I think because they're going late enough so Renfro is going in the 16th round Brian Edwards currently going in the 20th round uh, you you know guys you can get with the last pick of your drafts and I'm talking a 12-man draft yeah uh, those are the guys i think that are going to cost you the least that have the most upside so by no means do i have a problem with you going waller who's going about the back of the fifth you know like i said uh, there's about five to six tight ends that i think are solid and if you don't get one of those guys you're waiting to round 11 other than that it's got to be waller or Brian Edwards, or I'm sorry, it's got to be a Renfro or Brian Edwards. Those are the guys that I think are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck and you can get them late in your draft. If you're going uh, zero RB uh-huh. or modified zero RB, you know, Josh Jacobs is not a bad guy. If I'm going to only take one running back in the first six rounds, he's not a bad guy, except he needs to get more catches. Yes. Uh, he And I could see him getting, you know, 50 maybe this year if things go well and if that happens i like him as a zero rb running back but it's just too risky there's no guarantee that he's going to get 50 there's no guarantee he's going to get more receptions than he has in the past so you know he's it's just too much of a price you're paying for a big question mark with josh jacobs he's got an adp you know second third round depending on where you're drafting so i'm going 
I'm going Renfro in the 16th or Brian Edwards with the last pick of your draft. Got you. I, my thing with Edwards, I mean, um, Jacobs, I would love to get him. But that 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 iffy, if he catches more catches, and then not only that, watching him, he runs so violent. You, I mean, he, had a, a, he got banged up last year, but you got to factor in just his yeah. style of running, and it's it's – it's just it's it's Tyrone Wheatley, as I said before. It's Bo Jackson. It's, it's that 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 point of impact that he makes, and he's still going. That momentum, I think that might catch up with him. I don't think Gruden's going to run out there, Jenny Richard on first downs. I don't think we'll we'll see how creative he gets if he puts some positions to get not be a workhorse. But the fact that he could be a workhorse and he can get more catches, I do like it. But that's a a, a steep price. Um, yeah, you know, with Josh Jacobs though. If, if I could get him, if I'm going right uh, running back early, and if I get him at my second RB, I, I'm pretty happy with that. Although this year, I don't know. I think there's a, a case to be made for modified zero RB this year, and that is take if you can lock up one of the top six running backs and then wait until round six or seven. That's a very interesting approach. You can be picking top notch. Uh, let, let me tell you here, I kind of just took this. I'm in a draft. I've done about five or six best ball drafts right now. I'm actually on the clock, but I got uh, five hours to go. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so uh, I'm, not, I'm not sweating it right now. But I kind of took that approach. I had the top pick. I took Christian McCaffrey. And then I went basically all – I got Kenny Galladay. I got Allen Robinson. I got DJ Chark. And then I followed up with DeAndre Swift. So I'm even going to stack – Hopefully none of my people are listening in this league. But I'm either going to stack some uh, Matthew Stafford. I'm a Lions fan. But I, I think it's a very interesting year. While all those other people, if I can lock up a guy like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, and then everyone else is going running back, I'm going to load up on top-tier wide receivers. If I can jump out and get one of those top five to six tight ends, I think you're going to be sitting pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those. Everything is what we what we look for in fantasy. I don't want nobody to tell nobody. Every year there's a Mark Andrews you can get in the tenth, or the year before you can get in the ninth Lamar Jackson. Before everybody got on a hype train, that value getting that gym late sets you apart positionally, um, especially in tight ends. I know you mentioned Waller, and say you're lowballing, and some negative news comes out about Waller, and you're just trying to look at ADP. And you're watching. You're lit, you're seeing who what, what tight ends are going. How many? How how longer can you wait before you grab them? And boom! Right before you pick somebody, pick Squaller. Now you're in a position to wait five more rounds, and you really got your eye on somebody. And we're gonna cut, step off the Raiders right here. Somebody I really love who can be that guy this year is Hayden Hurst. Just got um um traded to the Atlanta Falcons. Do you have any opinions on Hayden Hurst? Is he one of those tight ends for you that you can grab late? That can be a top five, top seven tight end. Yeah, I think there's, I, I really like that approach uh, this year where you can wait. Now, last year I, I did get, I got Waller. Um, I had a Lamar Jackson last year. I got Mark Andrews in another league. And with tight end, I think historically, if you look at it, if you cannot get a top tier guy, maybe even the top two, then it's best to wait. And there are some guys that I really love. I, I do love just to throw out a couple names. I mean, we can come back to Hurst, but yeah, no, no uh, problem. I love, I, I love Hayden Hurst. I like, I, you know, this year, Chris Herndon could honestly be the Waller 
from last year. I mean, he got injured last year, but if you look at his first year numbers, they are out of sight. I think Herndon could be that guy. I think Hawkinson can be that guy this year. Gasecki, whose metrics are off the charts. I mean, this guy is an athlete to say the least. So uh, Dallas Goddard, you know, if Ertz goes down, Dallas Goddard's got to be in the top three. But even without him, he's good. So if you can't get a top six, I'm going to toss Ingram in there. Let's even say top five. If you can't get that, I'm waiting until around 10 or 11 to look for Hayden Hurst, to look for uh, Gusecki, to And you can get Herndon in like round 16, 17. And I really think he's a sneaky guy right now that nobody's paying attention to. You know, Gusecki's ADP is rising. Hawkinson's ADP is rising. Everybody's kind of turning away from Herndon. And I really think he's a sneaky play. Yeah, yeah, he don't have a lot of wear on that tires. He's been um, on the shelf a lot. He's still particularly young, probably pretty hungry too. Um, going on, moving on from tight ends. You was talking about zero RB, um, modified RB, and I, I tend to go that way traditionally in leagues that I play in three wide receivers, two flex. If you on the upper echelon of wide receivers, it'll balance out you taking some flyers on running backs and grabbing people later on in the draft. Um, but I, I, I like that approach. You have to know who you're drafting against and who you're playing against because you can you can position yourself well depending on your drafting first overall or 12th overall if you know your opponents. Um, running backs late. We were going to talk about – let's move over to – But you know what? Before we get there, I got one other thing for you. You brought up it. Hayden Hurst, right? Yes, and yes. I, I do like Hurst. And we were talking a little bit earlier about vacated targets. The Atlanta Falcons, no other team has more vacated targets than the Atlanta Falcons. 16 per game are gone from Atlanta. And this is, again, four for four. You guys can go out and get this for free. Uh, is, is, is that Paulson. 16% or 16 um, targets straight to that position? Now, as I'm saying it, I think right, it right. sounds like too much, but I'm going to double check it. It is Atlanta. They have vacated targets 40, 39.6% of the targets from last year are gone. And that comes down to 16 per game that Atlanta no longer has. Now they've got Laquan Treadwell is an added guy. That's going to suck up targets, Hayden Hurst. And then of course, Todd Gurley, but no other team from last year to this year, has given up more targets. And now here comes Hayden Hurst. He is uh, probably all of those guys I mentioned. He's my favorite amongst those guys. I mean, last year, 1.69 yards per route run, exact same as Zach Ertz. More than Hooper. Uh, that's the guy he's replacing. I think he's going to have more usage this year. I mean, he was a guy that was on, he was just outshined by Mark Andrews, who was, you know, one of the best tight ends <laughs> right. last year. Right, but right. Atlanta, they passed on C.D. Lamb in order to address need, which arguably they probably should not have done. Right. But because of that, I think a guy like Hurst can feast in a team, Atlanta, who's given up 16 targets per game. 
You're pretty good at this because I, I forgot where I was headed and you brought me back to hers and I really like him more now listening to what you just had to say. That is an yeah. extreme amount of targets. That's totally different. What did you say? 36% is different from the 11% that the Raiders is working with. You guys see that? That's team total, but this is position total. So yeah. vacated 30, coming 39. in. 9.6. Again, this is John Paulson's stat right. from 4 for 4. I got to get up to 4 for 4. Yeah. I hung out with jo Josh Moore, the owner of 4 for 4, many many occasions. They know what they're doing over there. But, wow, that's amazing. Uh, all those late round guys, like I said, if you can't knock down a top six tight end, I am waiting at least until round 10. And really, tight end, although. It's perhaps not the most important position, but when I look at how I'm going to organize my draft, and that's why it's important to do um, best balls, to, to do some mock drafts, to kind of get a feel for different positions and where you want to draft. But really, the onesie positions, you know, a, a position that you're only going to start one player, quarterback and tight end, I really do want to figure out where I'm taking those guys because that's going to be the most important. I mean, there's going to be rounds two through four or five. There's a plethora of wide receivers. You know, do I get a guy uh, in rounds one through four? Is he going to be that different? I mean, you know, Calvin Ridley, who I really like this year a lot. He, he's a big name that's going pretty high. But I mean, is it really going to matter if I'm getting a, a Calvin Ridley or an Allen Robinson, two guys that I really love, right, love right. Them both, but they're, they're very similar. So I don't really mind so much if I'm taking a guy from a big tier rounds one through four. Um, who else is there? Cooper cup, DJ Moore, uh, Metcalf, Hilton Brown, AJ Brown. Do I really care if I'm getting one or the other, not so much, but when it comes to a onesie position, there's few guys that I really want to get. So I really look to pencil in where I want to take my tight end. And that's, I'm thinking round, if you can't get one of those top five, it's going to be round 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. So I really, that's where I, I peg my spots, like where I want to get a, a quarterback and where I want to get a wide receiver, or I'm sorry, where I want to get a tight, tight end. end. Yeah. Most leagues I, I'm getting maybe one or two. In best ball, maybe I'm getting two or three, but that's how I plan my draft is the tight end and the quarterback because there are few guys that I really want to get, whereas I might have a, a running back tier where there's like seven guys in a tier that I don't mind if it's guy A, guy B, guy C. That's but true. The tight end, the quarterback, you really got to nail it down. Yeah, you can create some space in the tight ends. I like grabbing two per year. I, I like blocking another team. I have an viable one. If I get a top tier one, that don't mean I'm going to turn my back on that Hayden Hurst in the tenth round. I'm still going to grab him before somebody else because I know his potential. So that that player, if I'm playing him in a flex or if he's on my bench, he's not on somebody else's bench, blowing up and doing a top five. Well, you bring up the flex idea. There's an interesting theory that if you drafted let's say two guys from uh, very early on, let's say you take, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey in the second round and you lock up Kittle in the third round, or you take Kelsey and then Mark Andrews. So it's an interesting approach to take two high tight end players. And one, you know, you're going to be able to probably use one of those guys in a flex. I mean, know your rules. If you right. can't, yep. that's one, <laughs> one of the most important things, know your fantasy rules. But if you can start a tight end at a flex spot, not only are you getting 
I mean, there are a few tight ends that really give wide receivers a run for their money in fantasy scoring. And there's, like I say, five or six this year that can do that. And if I'm locking up those guys, that means another team in my league doesn't have one of those guys. So not only yeah. does it help me, I'm kind of cutting the legs off uh, of some teams yeah. in my league that aren't going to do as well because I'm taking those guys. Yeah. It's an interesting theory to take two high-end tight ends. Yeah, even if they're not both high-end, um, if you end up with two on your team, um, I had Andrews and Kittle last year on a Fantasy Fuel podcast, podcast listener league, and I won it, but I found myself like week six getting trade offers, and I was like, oh, I should probably take that. Oh, I should probably take that, but I, I stuck it out all year because they it was one of those players. They say, I'll take either one. And I was like, I'm going to make your team complete if I give you this guy. I'm just going to hold on to him and try to play Mitch or Max and de determine who I play week to week. And that just went down a little bit towards the end of the year. So it made my decision. And I think Kittle did too. But having them both kind of dictated um, the hierarchy of who kind of really, who I don't want to play. I didn't want to give up yeah. one of those players and be like, dang, I got to play him now. Um, that's a good thing. We, we talked about tight ends for a while. I'm glad we were able to cover it. But before we move on to another position, how do you feel about Austin Hooper moving to Cleveland boy Cleveland is a, a bit of a mystery uh last year 2019 we saw what Baker Mayfield did coming off 2018 I was all in Odell Beckham was moving from a quarterback Manning uh that had one of the lowest I forget what it was going into 2019 but it was roughly in the bottom five for percent of catchable balls thrown to Baker Mayfield who again I don't have the exact stat but it was in the top 10 for sure so he was going from a quarterback that threw bad balls all day long to a quarterback in Baker Mayfield after the 2018 who was very accurate compared to what Manning was and they just didn't get it in gear now we can talk all day about where that fault lies is it in the coaching staff is it in uh dorsey uh, where that fault lies but uh i think the tight end position is going to be certainly interesting there and i'm still excited about njoku because he got injured and he was very exciting so they've got some real potential at the tight end spot and, of course, Landry's there, Odell Beckham. They've got two running backs who can easily start, Kareem Hunt and Chubb, that can easily start on any other team. So it's fascinating what they should be able to do. What are they going to be able to do? I'm not sure. In a vacuum, I'm looking at, at Austin Hooper and seeing a Cal Rudolph year. And you can quote me that on that. I can just see it's just being lackluster. It can, it can have a good floor. You know, it's not somebody you want to – if he's in here in the eighth round and Hooper's still there, you might want to take him. But you're not going to get him in the eighth round today, I don't think. I would, I'm just throwing a random round out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Hooper, I, I think people are drafting him. Again, he's going around – uh, 11 if you look at fantasy football calculator but like i said Thank that's you. right before gasecki hawkinson uh dallas goddard uh there are so many guys that i like more that are going after hooper uh he he's just not even on my radar this year and there's so many mouths to feed i mean yeah. if you're a tight end and you're playing with landry 
he's going to suck up a lot of targets. And like I said, Njoku is still there. They've got uh, Kareem Hunt, one of the better pass-catching running backs in the league. So I'm not as big on Hooper this year. I do like the talent. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. But I I don't think he's going to make a big impact on a team that has a lot of talent and a lot of mouths to feed. And let's face it, kind of a questionable quarterback at this point. So you can't be in any of my leagues. We think too much alike. So we've covered tight ends. You guys wanted to get the, the lowdown on tight ends. You pretty much have gotten everything we got to offer about it. And it's a lot of time before now when the start of like them blowing the whistle. So we may adjust how we feel over time. And you guys got to give us the ability to do that. Um, once again, this is Fantasy Mo here from the um, the Oak Islands podcast joining us. And I don't know how long we have. And we go try to cover a lot. How you doing over there? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And let me just make a little caveat here that I don't hate players. It's not that I don't like Hooper. I just don't like Hooper in the 11th round. Now, if he drops, maybe it's a whole different story, but it's really dependent upon ADP. It's not like I'm never going to draft a guy. I'm just making my decisions based off market value where that guy is currently going is it a good value is it a bad value so i don't want to have cleveland fans i know there are some rabid hardcore fans in cleveland don't (laughs) don't hit me up and tell me that i'm an awesome (laughs) hooper hater i like hooper but not at his current adp and that's the way you have to think about players in fantasy is just how is their value compared to uh, market want how is their value compared to adp checkmate we just um hit up on the cleveland browns take um shout out to the cleveland browns back row show network um come at me bro <laughs> let's keep it up uh, let's talk about don't the... come at me don't come at me i've had plenty of experience with cleveland browns fans you guys are wonderful there's a rock and roll hall of fame there great town no, we have a, a little barter between the podcasts over here at the Back Row Network, and I know they listen. They've been we've we haven't had a show in a while, so put some takes together and how we feel. We if we agree or we agree to disagree, that's totally fun and and fair and we're in podcasting. I just had to get that in there. Just a little uh, shout out for the Back Row uh, Cleveland Browns podcast. Um, Cardinals, we were talking about value. Kyler Murray was uh, hey, well, welcome to the stream, Jacoby. Um, Kyler Murray was everybody is now this year's. Baker Mayfield of last year. Would you, is that fair or is that unfair? Oh, that's more than fair. I am all about Kyler Murray. Uh, I've got my, my, I know nobody, nobody wants to hear about my fantasy team, but I took over a dynasty. No, please do. Please do. I took over a dynasty team. It was an orphan team. It was a bunch of my friends and they're very serious players. So they know what they're doing. Uh, He, this guy, paid for my first two years because he felt like his season his team was just so terrible he was paying too much money was never going to dig himself out of this hole so we paid for my first two years my first year i basically ripped the team apart for the draft pick i got voted pick number one in this in year two because we take the average points that a player scored and then we balance that we vote to see who's going to get Uh, the pick next year I got the first pick so I was basically after year one I was voted the worst team in the league and oh I won the league year two 
So I, I'm, I'm very happy with Kyler Murray. I got Lamar Jackson. I picked him year one. I picked up Kyler Murray year two. And I mean, to go with, you know, Rich Rebar, who, if you don't follow Lord Reeves on Twitter, do yourself a favor, follow this man. He talks about the Konami code. If you remember the old up uh, down, up down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, select, start. <laughs> Let's go, baby. That's yeah. hot right there. Sorry, you put me on cue for that when I wasn't even in footnotes. I was ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, right? And so we all remember it's the cheat code, right? It's the cheat code. Well, if you get a quarterback like a Lamar Jackson, like a Carla Murray, you've got to cheat. You've got a leg up on everyone else. Why? Because they're rushing quarterbacks. This is something that Baker Mayfield, I would not consider him in that same league. In that same level so kyler murray i've been fielding offers for him i mean i've already got lamar jackson but right right i am not the one thing with konami code quarterbacks is there's a high risk of injury so obviously they're running the ball they're exposing themselves but kyler murray i think is it got a big arrow going up i was hoping to see it last year with the way they run that offense there i really think it is coming together this year with the cardinals i mean you know they've got such amazing players i don't know how teams can really stop kyler because there are just excuse me so many other players to account for it's i'm excited super excited to see what's going to happen in Arizona this year. And real quick, if I can click over to my most recent uh, tiers, I got Kyler number five. Okay. Okay. That kind of led into my next question. Um, it's one of those things that you look for. And one thing from running multiple fantasy football leagues for like five years now, I get all this um, lateral data from everybody that's members and played in all these leagues. And you get to see trends to where positive regression comes from. And to see the Cardinals kicker be number one all year because they could not put it in the end zone. Um, I don't know how many plays they ran, but they wasn't on the list of one of the leaser teams to run plays. They just couldn't score touchdowns. They, they got got down the field. They, they had a high-paced offense, college-style spread offense. Kyler Murray did not take a lot of hits. He looked like he had it, or he's going to have it. He has more weapons now. Um, I've been put in a position in fantasy, and I think I had, like, the 11th overall pick, and my first two picks was Kenyon Drake, full-point PPR, and Austin Eckler. This, is, is that a mistake? Well, you just named two of my guys on my dynasty team, uh, Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler. Now, I really think Austin Eckler, if you are going, I love him this year. Don't get me wrong. I'm rolling with him, but I'm also fielding offers for him. I, I feel that his trade value is probably as high as it's going to be. And if you're in a dynasty league, you want an eye toward younger guys. You want an eye towards the future. Now, if you're in a win now kind of mode, I think he's going to be your guy. He is fantastic. Uh, pro football focus. He was like top five for um, their rated running backs, certainly backs out of the field. But I would also feel some offers for him. I don't, I don't know if his trade value is going to be any higher than it is right now. 
So okay. he's, he's, he's gold as far as I'm concerned, because he's a guy, if nobody takes a trade, I'm happy to roll with Austin Eckler this year. However, I think there's a lot of people who would also want to be in that position. So I think he's going to be uh, a fantastic commodity. You can trade, uh, move up to get other picks if you're in a dynasty league. He's an exciting player, Austin Eckler. Now, um, going back to Arizona, they just have so many weapons this year uh, that Kyler did not have last year. I mean, I know they had Drake, but let's be honest. Since Miami, has anyone really given this guy a full chance? It was like, you know, we, we saw flashes constantly of what he can do. And then finally, a little bit with Kingsbury there, uh, we, we really saw a team give him some chances. I mean, he ended the season with two uh, games over 30 points, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I know in my league it was over 30 points. He ended the league with a bang. So you're going to have him. You're going to have Hopkins. You're gonna, <laughs> there's just so many guys. And I really think what we were expecting to see out of Cliff Kingsbury's offense and Kyler Murray last year, we're going to see this year. Okay, I, I can I can see it, but it's it's always like a, some kind of give and take, correct? Like take for example, Hopkins left a situation with the Texans. He came over. Now they have Kenyon Drake. I, Carlos Hyde isn't Kenyon Drake. Um, the supporting cast is Christian Kirk, a Hall of Famer, Larry Fitzgerald, which I can't believe he's not finna hang it up during this COVID. Uh, you know, like Vince Carter just did the other day, who was possibly considering coming back again. Shout out Vince Carter. Sorry, <laughs> got a little winded there. Vince Carter just retired. Uh, I think the day before yesterday. Shout out to UNC. But that offense, you have to expect to take a step forward. Will Hopkins take a step back? Will it be more balanced? Well, I don't, I don't, it's okay. Um, Drake could take a step forward. Yeah. Hopkins, I think, yeah. Hopkins has to take a step backward. Uh, yeah, okay. Thank I, you. I don't think Kyler Murray is the quarterback that Hopkins is used to, at least not yet. Right, right. You know, let's not, I don't want to uh, put the cart before the horse. So I, I don't think we're going to see necessarily what we saw out of Hopkins if you're just talking about one player. But if you're talking about the Arizona team from last year, now the first half of the season, we were talking about pace of play for Oakland. First half of the season, we saw what uh, Kingsbury was trying to do. They were one of the top three fastest paced teams they really couldn't do it, though, with the guys they had, with the personnel they had. They had a bad offensive line, so they kind of tapered it back. I think we're going to see the, the rate of play like we saw last year. In fantasy, it's all about opportunity. Give me plays, give me snaps, give me more opportunities, and that's what we are going to see this year. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I think, is destined to blow up. I am buying him all day long. I'm even taking Chase Edmonds. Nice. Best ball. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a fantastic. I mean, one if if Drake does go down, but I think this team is going to have so much offensive opportunity. I think there's going to be plenty for Edmonds, and then you've got the wide receiver core. I mean, Hakeem Bustler, who I know there's oh, guys nice one. who nice one who, foresight who, who love him, and there are guys that hate him. I know Matt Waldman from football guys who I, I, I love football guys love Sigmund Bloom but Matt Waldman said he was you know one of the best players he's ever charted at the college level and did not live up to the hype but 
he's buried on the depth chart and we were talking all about him last year. So let's look at the other guys. They got Hopkins who's coming over from Houston. They got Larry Fitz. We know all about him. Christian Kirk, you know, before Hopkins came over, I was buying Kirk all day long in dynasty. I still like Kirk. Andy Isabella loved him last year. He, he didn't quite get the time on the field. I thought we would see him get, but he is really fantastic. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, this guy was starting last year. He's bumped down to fifth on the depth chart now. That's how much talent they have. So I, I think it really, all the hype that everybody was talking about last year in fantasy and how many plays they're going to run on Arizona, they're going to do it this year. I am super excited for Arizona to see what they've got. And Kyler Murray, man, if you want to get one chip, you want to get just one little piece of this offense in fantasy, Kyler Murray is the guy to get it. I I, I, I so dig it. I so dig it. Um, Arizona Cardinals, there you have it. There you have it. I, I think that's pretty much covering the Cardinals. I want to ask you about your Lions. you got a lot of passion in your voice. I know there is not anybody, any team in the world you have not did your homework on more than the Lions. Am I lying or am I flying? <laughs> um, I've seen every Lions game for I can't tell you how many years. I remember uh, being a little guy when Billy Sims broke his broke his ankle or broke his leg and I remember everybody in the room like the the breath being taken away and I knew at a young age how serious this was so yes I have been a lifelong Lions fan I went to see him last year at Green Bay uh we we went to uh foreign soil to see him they were winning for 59 minutes and whatever it was 56 seconds and they kicked a field goal and beat us so yes i am fully tied to the lions the ups and downs unfortunately it's been more downs than ups in my yeah life. yeah i've seen uh, i've made jokes before um the lions is where running backs go to die um i'm a nebraska cornhuskers fan um and amir Abdullah was dear to my heart and i just yeah. feel like scurned um he was oh my goodness shout out amir but we've been there done that and i really look we at, just go ahead go ahead the, the, the backs Amir Abdullah, I mean, Kerryon Johnson, who's there right now, but, you know, theoretic Notre Dame guy. Uh, Joyke Bell, who I got back up behind me over there. We had Reggie Bush, Jonathan oh, yeah. Best, yep, Kevin yep. Smith, Kevin Jones. I mean, we've had so many promising guys that just left us uh, drinking heavily. In wait, 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 wait. I think you forgot one. You get forgot when you got one of you guys' factors. Didn't Garrett Blunt go there and kind of shine, or did he falter? No, no. Blunt, Blunt was there. He was. De they definitely use him. Uh, red zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use him. He was more of a touchdown guy. I don't think he ever led the team in yards or anything. But yeah, Blunt that was, was the there. year after scoring like sixteen touchdowns for the Patriots, if I remember correctly. Like yeah, they got him the year after, and it was just it was it was a work. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, we, you know, Reggie Bush, too. We had, yeah. you know, after he blew up with the Saints, he came, he did all right, only had four touchdowns. And it wasn't the same guy, wasn't the same guy. Yeah, uh, I'm so uh, I have Kenny Galladay really rated high on our rankings over at fantasy, fantasyfuel.com. If you guys wanted to go well, check out, should. yeah, I, oh, I what, think I have him ninth. Well, I didn't mean to step on you. What, what, oh, no, where you got your rankings at? Um, fantasyfuel.com. I can um, send you the link. I 
in a second. Give me a moment. But there's three of us. Um, shout out to John Eddie Jr., Tom Tuttle, and myself. We have com- com- compromised, compromised, put together all our three rankings, our consistent rankings over on the website. If you guys are watching on the podcast, just click down below the Fantasy Fuel um, icon and it'll take you to the website. Hit home and then hit rankings and all three of our wide receiver quarterbacks and running back rankings are right there. <laughs> X Square, can you put that in? Excuse me. Can you drop that link in chat? I appreciate you, brother. Um, but yeah, I have Kenny Galladay high. And I was asked when I did it. I think one of us have him topped. Another one of us have him top 10. And you have to factor in Matthew Stafford. Um, the last couple of years, thank you so much. Um, oh, nice. Fantasy Fuel. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. He's actually personally in here. Can we get a shout out for Fantasy Fuel? Oh, you did it already. Nice. The teamwork making the dream work happen. Thank you. So, we have uh, rankings and I think I have Kenny Galladay now I can talk because somebody here is a witness in this I think I have Kenny Galladay seventh I'm going to pull him up here in a second but I'm the highest I'm looking at it right now you got him you got him sixth highest amongst your your cohorts there yeah Uh, yeah Tom Tuttle's got him nine and you better have a word with your boy there, John Eddie Jr., who's got him down below Odell Beckham at 14. Yeah, yeah. Eagles fan. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. He's in mm. chat right now. Shots fired. <laughs> but just, no, 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 no. I have him really high. I think um, Marvin Jones is that home run kind of Tyreek Hill guy, that second notion. But uh, Kenny Galladay is getting becoming more of a man. I'm growing into the knowledge of, of playing in the system for a while. He's not just he's he's a younger, more athletic Keenan Allen. And please don't at me on Twitter. I have this eye test thing and, and I hate comparisons just as much as anybody else. And you want to say Megatron or you want to give him because he's in a Lions uniform. But the talent that he has and on the length, arm length, I don't even know his hand size, but he has only gotten better and more consistent. Every year he's been in the league. He he's not. He's been in the same office of uh, scheme now for a couple of years. He's about to get his his quarterback. And a couple of years ago, if you looked at Matthew Stafford before he got hurt, he he's worth every penny in fantasy. There you can't go wrong with him if he's healthy, which is a big if. I mean, this offense can do a lot. Maybe not from the running back position historically, but that might change. I'm going to give you the floor. I want you to tell me what what. How do you Stepping forward and going into the future, what is going to change in Matt Patricia's offense? What is going to change? Is this just going to be open up? The floor is yours. Yeah, I, you know, you said a lot of things I like there. Um, Patricia is more of an old school guy. He's coming out of the Belichick tree. He he likes to run the ball. Who they got there? The offensive coordinator, uh, uh, Bevel, I believe, Daryl Bevel, big run guy. So. historically the play callers there have been uh, more geared towards the run but Kenny and Matthew Stafford's season talk about another tale of two halves like we were talking about Renfro Stafford before he got injured was experiencing one of his best seasons last year and Galladay is a huge reason for this now you and I were talking before the show about longtime scout Dave T. Thomas, who started yes. uh, 50 years in the league, started in Oakland. His godfather was Al Davis. And Dave T. 
I mean, I'm telling you, man. If hang tight for not... one second. I guys got to give a raw for that. You heard it here first, Dave T. Thomas. I mean, you you guys have heard me speak about this man, Fantasy Fuel. You're here, um, Godfather, Oakland Raiders. Now the Las Vegas Raiders. One day we will yeah. hope we'll reach out and get him on the show. I had to just point that in there. Shameless plug. Go ahead, please continue. I'm a, I'm gonna forever be be calling them uh, Oakland Las Vegas. So excuse my slip up here. I'm not used no, to it. Yet. It's okay. It's okay. But Dave T. Uh, started. I excuse excuse the history if I mess this up, but started when he was about 14 for Oakland. He showed up at Raiders camp. His godfather was Al Davis. His dad was a scout for the Raiders. And so his dad brought him along one day and Al Davis is there with his scouts and his scouts are, you know, giving their reports and whatever. And Dave T 14 years old is laughing and Al Davis stops the meeting. He says, kid, what are you laughing at? And he says, all right, seriously? This is what you guys do. And Al Davis says, kid, if you think you can do better, show me. And they moved on. One year later, Dave T showed up at 15. I kid you not at 15 with over a thousand typed pages. I mean, typewriter pages with a scouting report with all this stuff. And he has been in the league since then. He's certainly taken a step back this last year, but I mean, he is, one of those guys in the league that I don't think people have really heard of when the league did NFL drafts in New York, he did what was called the NFL draft report. And that was the report that the NFL sent to every single team that explained who all the rookies were. This was Dave T for 40 something years. I mean, He's been in the business for over 50, but when the draft left New York, he stopped doing it because he's a New Yorker and right, he's right. just fiery like that. He is one of those cogs that have been in the NFL for so long. He and the way he can turn a phrase, the way he sees things. I mean, nowadays you got scouts that talk about stats and metrics and believe me i'm all about the metrics but he was the kind of guy that would go and he sent me some of his reports he would talk to a guy's junior high football coach i mean he did his homework he was unparalleled if you ask me for scouts look him up dave t thomas uh he loved kenny galladay coming out of the league by the way he also picked um to, to do a recent tout for Dave T, he picked Philip Lindsay when I mean nobody was talking about Philip Lindsay when he burst onto the oh, scene as a yeah, rookie. I remember. I couldn't remember who it was, but it was way yep. pre OTAs. Um, yeah. Visit. Um, 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 it was a. This is how I found out he was an invite sent over like randomly. He wasn't. He didn't get a pro day or something. He had a pro day but didn't get drafted to the combine. Please continue. But I remember hearing his name and I got I got something out of that tip. Please continue about yeah, that one. I've seen guys on the NFL Network uh, uh, tracing like who talked about uh, Philip Lindsay first, and it was so and so. No, no, it was Dave. T. Thomas months before yep. anybody was talking about him. Yep. He also talked up Kenny Galladay. Loved Kenny Galladay coming out of college. Hasn't quite hit the hype that I think he deserves, but I mean, let's talk last year before Stafford went down, only played nine weeks, nine games last year. In that time, 
there were three wide receivers that scored nine touchdowns in the first nine weeks. Michael Thomas, of course. But then you've got Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, all from Stafford. So Stafford, I really think, if healthy, and there has never been a question of Stafford's health. Last year was an anomaly. He's a guy that's always on the field. I believe he's going to be on the field for every game this year. Now, during that span, I think Galladay was perhaps one of the most exciting receivers to watch. During that span, he led all wide receivers in deep targets, 40 yards or more. He was fifth in air yards. This year, he's going into a contract year, as is Marvin Jones. So I always think that's some incentive for these guys, especially in fantasy. They want to turn it on. They want to make money, rightfully so. Uh, Kenny Galladay with Stafford under the Daryl Bevel system, I think is on pace as he was last year to have a hell of a year. And I think he's going to do that this year. Personally, I've got him uh, certainly inside my top 10. Uh, I believe I have him looking quick. I think I have him nine right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. I've I've got him eight. I've got him eight right now. I can agree with that. I, I just see, like, taking the next step forward. I just see the the tradition of this offense. Um, it's just it's going to be a lot of good things to come, a lot of volume. When I look at people that I like, I look at the previous season and see what percentage of snap rates they was actually on the field. Like, there's some plays that is not – you're the third part of the progression, and in some plays I'm pretty sure that's true with Galladay. You know, you're stretching the field, you're, balance, you're getting balanced, and maybe somebody runs out better or this side of the field, depending on – the hash marks and things like that so <clears throat> he's going to spend maybe somewhere to 93 94 percent of snaps played he's not coming off the field marvin jones will come off the field before kenny galladay do and you want to look at somebody that has all those opportunities the run game when we talked about tj Hawkinson, um and we know late round you can get a marvin jones and he can get you eight touchdowns and he's one of those he just makes those amazing timely plays with Stafford, if you want to double Galladay, you got somebody else you got to respect. He gets lost in the sauce. Not that he's not extremely talented. I'm glad you mentioned that they're both playing in contract years. So, oh, oh, Kenny Galladay has, I've seen multiple plays where his blocking is fierce. Heinz Ward like. Now, nobody blocked like Heinz Ward, but Kenny Galladay is starting to become one of those receivers that not only you feared of running routes, but you got to keep your head on the swivel for if the ball is being ran. If you not have not seen Kenny Galladay and some of his tremendous blocks, you guys should check those out. And that, that, that speaks to defenses when they're guarding you. Not only do I got to watch you to go for a, a long one, I got to watch you might knock my ass smooth out. And this will be created as adults if we had like one shot so far but we finna turn up i'm that pumped about kenny galladay what i'm concerned about the offensive line and the running game i would love i think swift with the covid and everything and uh, how it's pass blocking and all and that's jonathan teller with all the mileage but carry on johnson is somebody i would like to think about grabbing in a modified um zero rb kind of approach in drafts these days because um, swift and and johnson is going around 
in the same area um, last time I drafted or looked at it, and you're not going to get both. And it, it comes to one of those situations where you're trying to graph, draft Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson. They go too close in the draft for you to make it feasible and fill other spots. So it's not something I like to do in those situations. But carry on after Swift, I don't see getting them both. Um, what are you? Who are you leaning for? Are you going to wait? Or are you going to grab your guy, Mr. Swift? Yeah, I think Swift, you know, there's something in fantasy when I think fantasy analysts and fantasy players assume rational coaching decisions far too often. I think if it was up to rational coaching, and I think you just did an eye test that Swift is going to win this job from day one hands down now again that is assuming rational coaching i don't know we are going to see that but once again you know they they spend a lot of draft stock in swift he is one of the big five okay maybe if you toss Keyshawn vaughn in there the big six running backs that are coming out into the 2020 season rookies um you've got what taylor chc dobbins swift acres and like i said maybe vaughn as i said before daryl bevel and patricia they favor a run heavy offense you know i look at swift and i see miles sanders and i took miles sanders over josh jacobs last year i had the number one pick uh, in my dynasty like i said i ended up winning the, the season not necessarily because of that but i see a lot of similarities in Miles Sanders and, and DeAndre Swift. The, the kid never missed a game at Georgia. He understands blocking. He's patient, but he also has vision. He's very quick. He's got the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. I think he just does everything anybody on that roster can do and does it better. So I really think like I said, it's been a long time since we've had a running back and there's this huge bias in Detroit. Like once we draft a guy, he's not going to pan out for whatever reason. I think Swift is the guy that can break this. I really do. I think Swift is going to um, talent will out. And I think his talent is going to win out over carry on. Johnson. Johnson. Now, now. You, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta spend, spend a high, high pick, pick to yeah. get Swift. Swift. He's going, going, I want to say, say, I'm guessing round four, probably right now. And Johnson, I'm going to guess, I can look it up here. If I'm looking on Fantasy Football Calculator, which is fairly good, but not necessarily best ball. Uh, If I'm looking on Fantasy Football Calculator, Swift is going round... Yeah, he's going round six, excuse me. So he's okay. a little bit later. No, best you, ball, you. best ball, he's going about round four or five. Uh, fantasy football calculator, he's going six. Kerryon Johnson's going a little bit later than that. Uh, Kerryon Johnson's going about round 10. I okay. really think, especially at the second half of the season, Swift is going to be the guy. I, talent's going to win out. Kerryon Johnson just has never been able to put it together. Swift just has, I mean, this is one of the best running back classes we've seen in a long while and we've sort of been uh cheated in years past with some of these running backs we've seen a lot of good wide receiver classes coming out but this is one of the best running back classes 
that I can remember in a long time. And, and Swift, like I say, he's in the top five, maybe the top six. He's going to be the guy that you want in Detroit. Have you felt uh, excited about anybody else in a while as much as you are excited about Swift? Well, I, I would say I'm more excited on, on the Lions. Are you talking Lions? Lions, yeah, Lions. I'm more excited about Kenny Galladay because I really think go. this is going to be his right. year. I right, would, right. If, you, if I had to choose, I would take Kenny Galladay hands down over anybody. But I do love Swift. I do love Hawkinson. I do love Stafford. He's a guy that you're getting late. And the thing is with, with, with quarterbacks, we talked about the onesie position a little bit. I am totally okay with drafting in a, a redraft league where you draft every year. I'm totally fine with drafting one quarterback. And if I fail, then I'm going to stream. No problem. Because the quarterback position, you can easily do that. Tight end position. 